And let me tell you about one of my um, favorite, favorite uh, movies, movie series, Back to the Future. Any Back to the Future fans here? Yeah, I'll, uh, I've been watching that ever since a kid. In fact, so much, I, I virtually know all the dialogue. Uh, and as kids, we used to just say it to one another. I mean, it's just brilliant, just hilarious, you know, it's, uh, just lovely humor. Um, stick, what sticks in mind, what came to mind as I was getting prepared for this morning. So Marty is the chief character who travels time. His dad's name is George and his mum's Lorraine. And so he, he travels back to 1955 and uh, he lands up there and he knew that the way that his mum fell in love with his dad was that he fell out of a tree because apparently he was bird watching. He wasn't, if you know, if you know the film. Uh, uh, and, then, and then they go to, to the dance. The, uh, it was his Enchantment Under the Sea dance. It's been a while since I last saw it. And, and, and he kisses her, and that's when she realizes she wants to spend uh, the rest of her life with him. So that's the chain of events that lead to Marty's birth. His dad falls out of the tree, and they go to the dance. And so when Marty goes back to 1955, when his dad falls out of the tree because he's there, he naturally wants to save him, so he pushes him out the way. And so his mom-to-be encounters Marty, her son, from the future, instead of the father. And so guess what happens? She begins to fall in love with her son instead of with George, you know. And she never gets to kiss kiss George at the dance, and she never falls in love with him and never wants to marry him. And so... What begins to happen in the movie is Marty's existence begins to disintegrate. And he's got a photo of himself with his family, and on the photo, he's disappearing. Because unless his mom and dad fall in love and have him, he can't be there. And so the piece of point. You probably haven't followed any of that, have you? You've got to go and get it back to the future. It's brilliant. Okay, so... so Here's the point I'm making, is that one small event, him being in the place of his father, okay, and his mom having a first encounter with him instead of his father, had massive knock-on effects, ultimately to bring his existence into jeopardy. That one small event. And I want you to hold that in mind because that's where we're going this morning. That, that one small event can have a life-changing effects later. One small ripple here can transform an entire situation. Just like in that movie, real life can be like that. What time is it? Oh, it's only five past ten gives me plenty of time to get my sermon finished. Okay, so look, let me give you a recap. Last time, we began with this heading, the extravagance and pomp of world empires come to nothing. And we said, look, hey, however big they are. You know, we're the same when we were kids at school. You know, the bigger they are, you know, when you were bullied by big kids like Lee, you know, these really tall ones used to bully you, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Didn't work, didn't work for me. <laughs> the bigger they were, the harder they punched you. Okay, but, but the, the cliche goes, the proverb, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And look, however big these governments, how big was the Roman Empire? Huge. 
You know, the, the Soviet Union, huge. The American superpower, huge. But they all come to nothing. And we said last time, friends, is that, you know, our hope is in a new kingdom with a king whose kingdom will never come to an end, who will reign forever, and whose reign is beautiful. Do you know, being under the reign of Jesus is the most wonderful kingdom you could come under. It's the most beautiful. Read the Gospels. What do you notice about Jesus? He's wonderful, isn't he? He's altogether lovely. He's the most wonderful person to be under. And that's the kingdom that lasts. Revelation 11. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. Jesus will one day establish the physical kingdom. The one that we experience in a spiritual sense now, one that's real, but the one that we'll experience physically later. But here's today's heading. And it's from the Back to the Future that I had at the beginning. Okay, here it is. Seemingly inconsequential acts have far-reaching effects. Okay. Okay. Seemingly inconsequential acts. I mean, Lorraine, uh, thank you for sharing your testimony. Beautiful. But just that little thing, that tiny little conversation had such a massive impact. Bless you, Morag. You know, you know, what a blessing you are to many, many people. Thank you for giving me that advice. Too. You see, if you want some help you know, with your diet or medically, see our nurse there. Bless you, Morag. Look, so look, seemingly inconsequential acts have far-reaching effects. That's what we're going to see. Look, verse 9. Queen Vashti. Who's Queen Vashti in your musical presentation? Here we are, we're standing before her. Watch it. You pick the right one. <laughs> if there's ever one who's feisty, there she is. Okay? Right, okay. Queen Vashti also gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. So Xerxes is having his big party. Remember, he's showing off and he's trying to muster support for his campaign against Greece later, three years later. And so the queen is doing something similar. No doubt with, with similar excess. Is that right, Nikki? That's, yeah, yeah, with similar excess. So she's doing that, okay? And, and look. I think she's as pompous as he is. Yeah, probably not quite the same level. <laughs> and and so, 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 of something uh, uh, similar, but probably lower scale, no doubt. And look, here's the thing. In those days, kings did business whilst they were drunk. You know, you know we have business meetings even today, don't we? We maybe go for a meal. You know, back then, they did it around drink. You know, no wonder some of these crazy laws came about. Here's what one commentator says. The Persians drank as they deliberated matters of state. They did very important business, sometimes under intoxication. Bizarre, hey? So amidst this intoxication, you know, they get together. The king has a brainwave. He's obviously married. You know, he said about it that she's lovely. I think it's meant to mean she's probably Miss World. Okay, he's married one of the loveliest women in the empire. You wouldn't expect anything less of the king, would you, in that time at least? Okay, and so he wants to parade her. You know, this is a show-off thing. You know, you know, this is you know, you know, you know, look, you know, who I'm married to. There may well be sexual connotations involved here. We can't be sure. 
it's possible. And so he wants to parade her before these drunken men, looking, you know, men know men. You know exactly what's going to be going through the minds of these men. You know, this is a horrible situation for anyone to come into, let alone the king's wife. Verse 10. On the seventh day, when Xerxes was in high spirits, he called all these people together. And verse 12, look. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Look, context is a different. This isn't 21st century Australia. You know, if I said to uh, Nikki, come here, she wouldn't come. You know, it's just how things are in this world. You know, no one listens to anybody. Okay? Okay, there's, there's no, there's, especially in Australia. One thing I've learned about Australia is no one has any authority. You know, uh, and so, look, this is a different culture here. And generally, you know, if a husband called his, upon his wife to do something, she wouldn't generally do it. It's just how things were. But in this situation, for look, reasons we're not familiar with. We don't know exactly, and uh, there may have been laws, there may have been cultural norms, maybe she shouldn't have done this, but for whatever reason, she doesn't come. Now, she obviously knows, she's, she's not that drunk that she knows, she doesn't know what's going on here. She's obviously sober enough to know what the king wants to do and what these men will be thinking, and so she refuses to come. Now listen to the king's response. The king became furious and burned with anger. Look, if we don't know the context, see, if you, if you don't know the context, the anger seems somewhat out of place. I mean, come on, goodness sake, you know, is it that big a deal? But look, so the obvious thing is this is humiliating because what's going to happen in the kingdom now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some substance to his fear. Because here's the thing, they're all going to be talking about him. You know, hey, Vashti, she wouldn't listen to the king. Can you believe it? Well, if it's not good enough for Vashti, it's not good enough for me. This is going to cause some of the king things. You know, we've already said ripples all the way down the kingdom. You know, women, come on. You know, next they'll be giving women the vote. Yeah, you know, and so, so there's some, some natural reason, but there's much bigger than that. This isn't just about... Him saving face and women not obeying husbands. What's really at the heart of this? Last week's sermon. What's really at the heart of this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's this showing? This guy wants to lead people into battle. Yeah. He wants to lead people into battle. He expects his troops to do what when he says jump? Jump! And here he is. This king can't even get his wife. What comes around goes around. Yes, thank you. Spot on. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, 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 Look, uh, through me. Look, this guy can't even get his wife to listen to him. Okay? What chance has he got of mustering an empire? Against uh, uh, glorious thinking, well, neither did mine, uh, neither did I. Okay, look, his thing. You know, what chance has he got of getting people to follow him into battle if he can't even get his 
household in order. And so this is a big deal. Okay, For whatever reason she does it, this is a big deal. And here's the thing. That one event, all it was, was Vashti saying, no, I'm not going to go before the king. One tiny Marty McFly event. What was the ripple effect? What ultimately came of that one event in the book of Esther? Someone tell me. What's the big picture? We're talking about big pictures in the Moors course that we're doing together. What came of that one single event? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Of what? What was it? What was all that stuff? Oh, about the um, the decree. Yeah. To kill the Jews. Yes. Esther saving them and. You got it. You got it. That one incident, Queen Vashti saying no, led to. Wait for it. The salvation of the Jewish race. Seriously. The one. Tiny event had all these bang, 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 knock on effects, ultimately led to Mordecai coming to prominence, led to the, to the edict to reverse uh, Haman's edict, led to the salvation of the Jewish race, and go bigger, think bigger, Nikki, think bigger. Not only did it lead to the salvation of the Jewish race, but your salvation and the salvation of the world. <laughs> that one event! Seriously. I'm not exaggerating. You read, the, you read the details. And so here's the point. Seemingly inconsequential acts, one little act, can have far-reaching effects. And here's a story for us. Just, you know, every single event and every single detail of our world whatever it may be, okay, is having some impact on God's final purpose. Again, you get this if you do the, the school of theology we're starting at the end of the month, okay? Is it the first of February today? It is. Okay. Tomorrow, tomorrow. tomorrow. It's, it's all this back to the future stuff, you see. You're never in the right time zone. Is Here's a big picture, okay? What's God's ultimate purpose in the world? Our salvation and sanctification that wrapped in one. Thank you. Okay, they're all tidy, tidy. It's, it's uh, the whole of the Bible. There's only one story in the Bible. Who knows the story of the Bible? And again, I'm really pl- plugging this course, aren't I? We do it on the course. Okay, okay. It's salvation. It's the history of salvation. The whole of the Bible is all about salvation. The whole thing is. In theological terms, they call it, it's, it's reading the Bible through the salvation historical perspective. That's how you, every time you pick up the Bible, unless you're looking at it as the story of the salvation, you're misreading the Bible. If we pick up the book of Esther and we're not looking at its salvation historical perspective, we're misreading Esther. You see. And all the Bible, so all of history is about God bringing our salvation about. And so, therefore, what's happening out there in our world that's been happening, that is happening, and that will happen is in some way playing into, is a knock on, will have a knock on effect for our salvation. Look, look at COVID. I mean, it's the in thing. And it's, you think just when you thought it was going to go out after the first wave, 
Then there's a second. And are we on second or is it third wave in the world just now? But it started as something inconsequential, seemingly. It's become a global thing now. Okay? And whatever we think of it, of its impact, one thing we can't get away from is that it's left our world in a state of nervousness, panic, and fear. And it may be many, many years before life has any normality again, it seems. For some, there's the fear, will church ever be the same? I mean, look how you guys are sitting. You think, you know, like, there's something wrong. I mean, if you, if, if you time travelled from 2019 into 2020, or 2021, and walked into church, what would you be thinking? <laughs> well, what's wrong with you guys? Yeah, seriously. I mean, look at you guys. I mean, you're all... Yeah, it does. But it's so bizarre, isn't it? This is the impact of COVID. And, and when you look at it, you know, what are you thinking? What's this doing to the church? Oh, this is going to hamper the church. They can't meet properly. Some churches aren't even singing. Okay? You know, you can't give someone a hug. Okay? You're thinking, I'm looking at me thinking, who'd want to do that anyway, Montez? <laughs> See, I know you should laugh at that. Okay? Right, right, like, like you know, you'd be, you, you, you'd, be, you'd be forgiven to thinking, this is going to undermine the church. Hey, this isn't going to undermine the church. There's not been a single event in the history of the world that has in any way effectively undermined the salvation of Jesus' church. And so here's the point of Esther, that whatever may be happening, a, a new president in the United States of America, a COVID outbreak, okay, financial crisis, remember that one a few, dec- few years back? Okay? There's been at least a couple in my, my lifetime. You know, whatever it may be, you know, look at the Chinese government and what it's done to try and suppress the church. Let me ask you, with all the suppression that's gone on in China towards the church, and some of this continuing today, I'm trying not to politically, this is goes on the airwaves, how much has it injured the church? Uh, how much has it restricted the growth of the Chinese church? The Chinese church is the fastest growing church in the world. Okay? And so the point of this is, is that all these occurrences in our world, whatever they may be, however insignificant they may be, however small or however great, they're all having a knock-on effect and they're ultimately moving history. Here's the thing. Okay, the whole of history is moving. It may be a giant machine, but it's moving. And it's all moving towards our salvation. Paul says, our salvation is nearer now than it's ever been. And here's what he says. Look, here's what we need to know, is that a church will never despair, okay? Because you are receiving, 1 Peter 1, 9, you can be sure you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls, and so we should cry with Revelation 22, Amen, come, Lord Jesus, come. Vashti just refused to come before the king with that one act, work towards the salvation of God's people then, and ultimately God's people now. Whatever is happening out there, you can be sure of this, that God is using it to move forward his plan of salvation. 
Let me tell you a trivial story. We were out, we were out in the Barossa yesterday. Tiffany threw a stone into, into the lake and with the stone went her bracelet in the middle of the lake. Seriously, fortunately, one, it's one that floats. You know? you know? So what did we do? Dad? No, Dad stripped down to his undies and, and swam in. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, they send you to prison for doing stuff like that. Okay. Now, so we started throwing little pebbles in. Why did we start throwing little pebbles in? Because we're hoping that with each little ripple, it would move a little towards the shore. We threw a lot of pebbles in, okay? Okay? And, and then eventually, <laughs> there was divine intervention. There was a massive gust of wind. Whoosh! Move the thing closer. We got a branch. Then we were able to reach. Then we was able to reach with the branch, with the wind, with the ripples. And we got a bracelet back. Okay. Hey. Each little event in our world is contributing to bringing that bracelet back. Okay. Sometimes like a gust of wind, God does something seismic. And moves things, you know, amazingly forward. A revival takes place in a depression in England, in Wales, in Australia. And, and there's a gigantic move forward, and we can all of a sudden see what God's doing. But all the times, there's just someone's like throwing pebbles in there, and it's just bit by bit, bit by bit. But God is still moving the thing. And then later, someone gets a stick and just is able to reach in and move it further forward. God is bringing your salvation about. Your salvation has never been in doubt, will never be in doubt. You and all of God's kingdom is heading towards God's ultimate and final reality. What is that? Hey, what is the goal of our salvation? We trust him. Yeah, we trust him, thank you. And Nikki mentioned one of them, the S word. Ultimately our sanctification. But finally... It's a brand new day. A brand new home. In a new world. The home of righteousness. But it's never too hot and it's never too cold. Where we live at peace. Where Jesus is our husband. And where we love one another deeply. And where we need eternal bliss. Wow. Wow. But there's more. You see, there's the big picture. But here's another reality. In the picture of salvation, let me just look at you, you, Catherine. You know, it's okay that what God's doing in China, it's okay. And it's okay what God might be doing in the US. But if you're honest, what really matters to you is what God's doing in you. It's true, isn't it? We've all got our little worlds. It's what's going on in Pip's life. What's going on in my life? You know, that's what really matters to us. You know, my day-to-day life. And so let me bring it in. Let's bring the cameras in. Let's zoom in. You know, what do little acts, seemingly inconsequential acts, what difference can they make in our lives? Hey, in your life too, Christian, seemingly inconsequential acts have far-reaching effects. Let me, show, let me demonstrate this to you. This is a video uh, that I watched in England many, many years ago. 
not too many years ago, because I'm not old enough to be many, many years ago, but a few years ago. Greg's going to try and get it going. Thanks, Greg. Just bear with us. This, there's a lot of compl- complexity in IT these days. So the point there is, buy a Honda Accord. (laughs) Okay? Hey, that's your life. God has engineered and set up your life perfectly balanced like that. You may think, look back on your life and think, if that hadn't happened, if that hadn't happened, and if that was different, and if I did that there, and if that person didn't do that to me there, and if I hadn't made that choice there, then I would be in a much better place now. But what we're missing is for God to get you to where he wants to get you. Every single element of your life, the good and the bad and the ugly, the poor decisions, the good decisions, the, the, the people who withstand you, the people who were who who for you, those circumstances that were unexpected, the family troubles, the employment difficulties, uh, uh, COVID, uh, the, the job you didn't get, uh, the, the bad relationship you've been in, uh, the difficulty with the neighbour, the, the health problems, uh, the, the medical difficulties, the, the wrong tablets, the wrong doctor. Okay, the wrong set of circumstances, the wrong people around you, bad neighbours, good neighbours, whatever it may be, are all little pieces that have been perfectly masterminded by one greater than us to work perfectly together with one incident or act or choice or decision leading to the next to the next, to ultimately and finally 
and bring about God's purposes for your life. Like it is to, to the giant puzzle champion. And it's all done for all done purpose. Is, is your salvation to integrate you into this worldwide network of church? But, but along the way, and here's the wonderful thing, along the way, God actually cares about the journey you're having. Seriously. And, and so those, those little cogs, those little pieces, are all working along your journey. That each part of your life is where God wants it to be and he's fulfilling his purpose until he finally brings about what he's doing. And sometimes I know, sometimes with God, I know sometimes when we have with the kids and we're doing a walk, you know, and we say, well, take a shortcut and then one of them starts moaning, usually Theo, this doesn't seem like a shortcut, Dad. It's like a long cut. <laughs> okay? And it's like that with God, isn't it? You know, God, you know, what are you doing? Where are you taking me? And how long are you going to be? You know, finish already. It can be like that with God, can't it? It can be sometimes a long season between two connections. But here's what his word says to us. Here's what we can have confidence in. Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And good man there is in salvation, salvation historical perspective is he who's been sanctified by Jesus. You! Okay? And so here's the point, that God is ordering the events of our lives, he's upholding us, and he's bringing about his purpose. We've seen it in Romans 8.28, that he can bring all things to work for our good. Let me leave you with this story. You will know, I mean, who doesn't know, Johnny Erickson. Who doesn't know him? The quadriplegic. He was 1967, July the 30th, 1967. She dived into a lake, underestimated the depth, left her a quadriplegic. Now, what do you do? That's the end of Johnny Ellison. I mean, her story ends there. In any other, any other situation, you'd write her off. You'd never hear from her again. She should just go into some corner. That's the end. And yet, do you know, to date, that woman has learned to paint and sells paintings that she does by holding a, tooth, uh, a paintbrush in her teeth. She has authored and sold over 40 books. That's not she sold 40 books, that she's authored 40 books and sold millions of them. She starred in a TV documentary movie about herself and she's in it. She travels the world. She's an international Christian speaker has influenced millions of lives. And you can trace all of that back to where? To July the 30th, 1967, in Chesapeake Bay, and Johnny making a mistake. Your mistakes and my mistakes haven't ruined what God's doing with us. They're one piece in a mammoth mosaic. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. Keep believing. The events of your life 
as you move forward, as we make the next step, the next decision, the next juncture as we go, the next route of what God is doing for us, is ultimately bringing about his purpose for our lives now and finally for our salvation. Seemingly inconsequential acts have far-reaching effects. God will use the good, the bad and the ugly en route to fulfilling his purposes for you. Hey, we owe Vashti, in one sense, our salvation. That woman and what she did that day triggered the salvation of the Jewish people and our salvation in God's grand scheme of things. Amen.